There was an interesting study a few years ago by the Institute of Family Relations about parents versus how often they criticize or praise their children. They found there was a real discrepancy between the two. Which one do you think happens more? Do you think parents criticize children more or do you think they they praise them more? And what do you think the difference between the two is? How much more do they do one or the other? We'll see the results here in a minute. We're going to finish up part two, talking about Dietrich Bonhoeffer. If you don't know him, tremendous hero of the faith. And just to kind of catch you up, he is in World War II. He's a pastor in Germany. He sees that Hitler is seizing power. He knows there's something evil about this man. And so standing basically alone, he is a pastor going to speak out against Hitler. He does not yet know the evil that's going to arise yet. He knows, though, there's something wrong with this person. And up to this point, as we saw uh, Dietrich Bonhoeffer so far, he's published books and spoken out publicly uh, against Hitler, this man he sees that is consumed with power. Dennis Prager shares something about Exodus chapter 1, verse 8. It says, A new king arose over Egypt who did not know Joseph. As Prager shares, given Joseph's profound role in Egypt, these words are extraordinary. One of humanity's most common character traits is ingratitude. People either not acknowledging the good another does, or they quickly forget that good. On the other hand, I am convinced courage is the rarest of all good traits. We're going to look at these two examples of character to, to learn to have gratitude and to learn to have courage. Two things you find tremendously here in Bonhoeffer's life. Again, we look at heroes in the faith, whether we're looking at people like David and Daniel from Scripture or giants down through history, because they can be a model for you and I to help us raise our standard. When you see somebody like a Bonhoeffer facing a Goliath like Hitler, he did that by faith in the strength that he said, I can do all things through Christ. And when we see the spiritual lessons he would learn, you and I can apply them to our lives. We probably won't face obstacles and mountains like he did. But, you know, we all have challenges and we can learn lessons from him, learn lessons about courage and gratitude. We also learn lessons from the negative examples so that our life can be a light in the dark. So let's go back to where we're at. 1936 changes a, a lot of things because that's the year, July, the Olympics were held in Berlin. Hitler wanted to show the superiority of the German people. That was a, a statement and a goal that was dashed by, of course, one man, Jesse Owens, who is going to win four gold medals in track and field with sprints and long jumps. And so he crushes this idea that there was this superiority. What happens, though, is that at this point, the Gestapo is looking for anybody that stands against Hitler. And again, Bonhoeffer is teaching students in an underground church to be faithful. He approached many pastors. Some said they supported Hitler. Others said, I'm afraid of him, so don't stir up trouble. And Bonhoeffer, as we saw, said, listen, if you just talk and you don't take action, you're failing. And so he took action. He spoke on the radio. He wrote books to try to warn people. And now he starts this seminary However, now people start to get arrested. 800 people from Bonhoeffer's 
group called the Confessing Church are arrested, among them the most well-known Martin Niemöller, who eventually wrote books about finding light in the darkest places. Niemöller arrested. He's not seen again for eight years. They throw him in solitary confinement. How does he come out of that? With a deeper faith than ever. Some of his books are, are still widely read today. The Gestapo finds where Bonhoeffer teaches these students at this underground seminary. They shut it down. Then they begin to invade other countries. Hitler sends the German army, places Austria, Poland, Denmark, Norway, France. Bonhoeffer's watching all of this again. He knew he was grabbing power. He said, if you're in leadership, you are to be a leader who serves. If you want to be the greatest, then like Jesus, you need to learn to be the last and the least. But he saw this man seizing power. He had no idea the evil that's going to arise. He did not know the evil of what took place in the concentration camps other than he knew that some people had gone there and they don't come back. What he does know is there's persecution though because in November 1938, there's the night of broken glass. That's when the Gestapo and other people in the Nazi party went through cities and they smashed windows that were businesses owned by Jewish people. And they went to their synagogues and they smashed their windows as well. And this makes the news. Bonhoeffer, he went home and underlined Psalm 74. They burned every place where God was worshipped. And now he knows He's got to go even further than speaking out. And he's about to do something incredibly radical. There's a, a famous parable. It's eight, nine hundred years old. It's called the Miller and the Donkey. And some may know it, but the story is that a man and his son, they walk a donkey, they pass a group of people, and they say, how silly. You have a ride. Why would you walk? So he puts his son on the donkey. They pass another group. And that group says, look at that rude child sitting on a donkey while his father walks. So the father trades seats. He sits on the donkey. The son walks. They pass another group. And that group says, what an unkind father riding a donkey while his son walks. So then the, the farmer puts himself and his son on the donkey. They go past the next group and they say, how unkind two people on a donkey don't they care about that animal and so the parable is this point being made now for centuries that if you try to please everybody you will fail and we can't please everybody and so life is to say i please the audience of one what does god want for me to do Bonhoeffer tried to convince certain people to join him. Some said you need to go along to get along. Others called him foolish. And if he tried to please everybody, he would not have made the impact in life. Somebody once said it like this. It is not who you are that holds you back. It is who you think you are not. And when we know who we are in Christ, we know that he is the audience of one we seek to please we listen to his direction and we follow him no matter what the herd or the crowd does so go back to the institute of family relations here's the study results parents criticize their children 10 times for every one time they said something positive we live in a world where it's so easy to look for things to 
to criticize, to tear down. Too many people are way too good at it. We need a, a new standard for our life that sees the, the good, that sees the light, that says, how do I bring out the best in another person? Rather than what can I get for myself so that I can get more and more to learn to say, Father, let me learn to be last so that in your kingdom I can be first. Bonhoeffer sees what's going on, invasions, the power, the evil, shares this, we must be ready to allow God to interrupt ourselves. We must be ready to allow God to interrupt ourselves. Sometimes those plans that seem so comfortable, he calls us to step outside that comfort zone. Sometimes that direction we thought we were going, he tells us to go in a different direction. Bonhoeffer could have taken it easy at any point and simply decided to stop standing up against what he saw. But he allowed himself to be interrupted by God. Somebody else whose life radically interrupted by God, another hero of the faith, Amy Carmichael. She lived in the 1800s into the 1900s. She would write about an experience about her own faith. As a young child, she had this tremendous faith. All her friends, as she would share, had blue eyes, and Amy Carmichael had brown eyes. She had full faith that God was going to answer her prayer one night when she prayed God please give me blue eyes, change my brown eyes to blue. She went to bed as she shared. She woke up the next morning full faith, knowing when she looked in the mirror, she would truly have blue eyes. But as she would share, she woke up, looked in the mirror. She still had brown eyes. She had to move on from that point in her journey of faith. We'll see what that was in a moment. 1939, France and England declare war on Germany, and then German war crimes become known, things being committed on the battlefield, tortures, and things like that. Word gets out. So now Bonhoeffer, he's seen the power grabs, the evil, the invasions, and now he hears the attacks on, on Jewish people and outcast in society, and now the war crimes God has to interrupt our lives sometimes. He's going to go beyond speaking, beyond writing. You can't even write a story like this. What does Bonhoeffer do? He joins the Nazi party. He signs up to be a spy. But what he is is a double agent. He's actually going to work for the Allies. What the Nazis think he's going to do because he's a pastor and he says, hey, I am a part of your movement. And so what they do is they send him from country to country. They think what he's doing is he's going to churches and other countries and convincing them that the, the Nazis are right, speaking well of them. What he's actually doing in these other countries is he's gathering intelligence and passing it along to other agents, other spies that he meets telling them what Germany is up to. Remember, it's Bonhoeffer who said the church is only the church when it is there for others. It's not about serving self. It's about 
as Jesus said, love is when you lay down your life for another. He knows he could be executed the moment he is found out. And he's very dangerously close to being found out. Because what he does next is he seeks out people in different countries that will take refugees that are trying to escape out of Germany. He and other spies, they find willingness in the Swiss government, but the Swiss government wants a payment. So Bonhoeffer and these other agents, these other spies in Germany, they send money to Switzerland from their own office where they work in the German government. And what happens is the Gestapo sees this large transfer of money and they're very suspicious. And now they start to watch everything Bonhoeffer is doing. Again, it's a story you can't write because what happens next, 1943, Bonhoeffer meets Maria von Weidmeier. They fall in love first sight. They get engaged. We know much about his life because he writes her hundreds of letters, writes friends in different countries, hundreds of letters. He's published a couple books, and so he shares much about life and faith and theology and courage. And now, even he is wrestling. Look at the cost, you know, when he's found out it's over. And now he's engaged. He's found the love of his life. But as a double agent, he works on what's known as Operation Spark, 1943. He's a key key person to help smuggle a bomb on a plane. Hitler's on that plane. The bomb fails to go off. The plot, though is eventually discovered. They're not sure exactly who is involved, but the Gestapo knows to begin arresting a lot of people. Two weeks after that attempt on Hitler's life, Bonhoeffer is arrested because he's a suspicious man in general to them. He's thrown in prison. He will never leave. From that prison, cell block 92, Bonhoeffer again, writes hundreds of letters, counsels prisoners. He challenges the guards to be kind, to treat people like you'd want to be treated when he sees them abusing others. Again, courage. Somebody once said, when we lose God, it is not God who is lost. Bonhoeffer went through some times when he questioned his faith, but once he's in that prison cell, his faith is solidified. He spends his time there, especially knowing Matthew 28, Lo, I am with you always. So Amy Carmichael did shared about her prayer and faith. Her eyes would be turned from blue to brown. Said that prayer was not answered. And she said, here's why. Amy Carmichael would become a missionary to India. She would find out some pretty horrific things that there were children in certain areas that were kidnapped and they were made slaves in the Hindu temples. So what she would do, she would put her hair up like a local style. She'd wear clothes like the locals did. And with her brown eyes, she fit in. Nobody suspected she was a foreigner. If she had blue eyes, they would have known 
She was an outsider. They never would have let her in. But with brown eyes and dressing like the locals, they thought she was a local. So what she would do, go in those temples, inconspicuous, take note of the children there being held as slaves. And she'd make a plan and she would help them escape. And then she would care for those children. She herself would write, there are times when nothing holds the heart but a long, long look at Calvary. How very small anything that we are allowed to endure seems beside that cross. Later in 1943, Berlin falls to the Allies. They're bombing through Berlin where the prison that Bonhoeffer is being held at. What would happen is people are terrified in that prison. Men are weeping, scared that the bomb's going to hit the prison. The, the walls are shaking and the, the glass is shattered in the prison. And Bonhoeffer, he prays with these grown men as they are weeping. And you know what happened next? The guards begin to approach him and say, would you pray for us tonight? Because we're scared too. The end came 1944, known as Operation Valkyrie. Bonhoeffer, through coded letters, also was a participant in this final attempt on Hitler's life, as is well known. A number of people involved, double agents and spies like Bonhoeffer, they got a bomb to a meeting room where Hitler was in a meeting. The bomb went off, but Hitler was behind a, a large table. Many people injured. He was not injured. There's pictures of his uniform shredded from the explosion, but he was barely touched. He kept that shredded uniform to say to people, I am unstoppable. This is a sign that I'm unstoppable. At this point, though, 7,000 people of suspicion are arrested. 5,000 are executed. One of those they realize involved is Bonhoeffer. He's going to have just hours left. Here's some final words said by him and others. They now take him and they torture him. They torture other inmates they know are involved in these plots. One fellow prisoner who survived said, Bonhoeffer never tired of repeating. The only fight which is lost is that which we give up. That's what he'd share after coming back from being tortured. Again, that's why courage is so rare. His last letter to Maria, he would say words from the Bible, discussions long past, pieces of music and books, all these gain life and reality as never before. Final sermon given a week after Easter as he preached to the prisoners. And then... They ended his life. You know, if you go to Exodus chapter 1, a famous story says, The king of Egypt said to the Hebrew midwives, whose names were Shipra and Pua, When you are helping the Hebrew women during childbirth, if you see the baby is a boy, kill it. If it's a girl, let her live. The midwives feared God and did not do what the king of Egypt told them to do. They let the boys live. Notice in the text it calls this evil man the king of Egypt. He's never named. 
You know who is named? These courageous midwives, Shipra and Pua. Shipra, still a common name today in the Middle East. What scripture showing? That which is evil is going to fade away. That which is done in the light, you get your name engraved forever. Another hero, George Chen, put in prison as well, and his name preserved now because here's a man in China for decades in prison because he wouldn't renounce Christ. When he finally got released after decades in prison, he shared this, joy comes in who you are with, not in what the circumstances are. What happened in prison in China, he would share, they treated him horribly. His job every day, year in and year out, to go into dirty sewers and work. But who was he with? He said, I was with Jesus every day. And what I did in those filthy environments is I would sing. Courage. What did George Chen sing? His favorite song, he said, was to daily sing this. He speaks in the sound of his voice. So sweet the birds hush their singing. And the melody that he gave to me within my heart is ringing. And he walks with me and he talks with me. He tells me I'm his own. And the joy we share as we tarry there, none other has ever known. A manuscript was found that Bonhoeffer was working on. One of the things he said there was this. So heaven is torn open above us humans, and the joyful message of God's salvation in Jesus Christ rings out from heaven to earth as a cry of joy. I believe, and in believing I receive Christ. I have everything. I live before God. May people like Amy Carmichael and George Chen and Dietrich Bonhoeffer, just like those in Scripture, be a model to inspire our lives to live at a, a different level, to live with that gratitude, that courage, to live and say, I have everything. I live before God. Say, Lord, if you need to interrupt my life, interrupt my life. Let me know the, the promise of what it is to daily live without fear, no matter what giants and Goliaths stand in our way. It's not who you are that holds you back. It's who you think you are not. And when you realize who you are in him, that you are the apple of his eye, you truly know you can do all things through Christ who gives you the strength.